Coming your way live from JCW's in Provo, this is the Legend Solar Coordinator's Corner. I am Greg Rubel, visiting with BYU Offensive Coordinator Ty Detmer, Special Teams Coordinator Safeties Coach Ed Lamb coming up at the bottom of the hour Mondays from 12 to 1 here at JCW's in Provo. You will find us on ESPN 960 and via BYU Football's Facebook Live page. So we are live on Facebook Live. See us there, hear us on the radio, and be a part of the show using hashtag CCBYU on Twitter and in the comments section via the BYU Football Facebook page. It is Legend Solar Coordinator's Corner. Greg with Ty and BYU is uh, through four games, through a third, uh, rather through a third of the schedule now, Ty. And, and it's a one and three start that could easily be any other combination of record right now because of how close the games have been. Four games all decided by a field goal or less. Three of them go the other way. Uh, what an unusual uh, start to the year. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, you you watched last year and you catch a couple of Hail Marys or, or you know, late in the game catches and uh, and a couple wins. And this year we're not getting those. So we, uh, we're we still working. You know, the guys have a great attitude. I think uh, that's been, you know, the, the impressive thing with our, our group of players is that they just keep working and they work hard. And, and I said it last week, you know, that they put extra time in and thought it would translate to being better on Saturday, and it was. And so we've challenged them to continue to do that and and just try to get better each week. Saturday was better. Uh, after three weeks of not getting out of the teens and scoring, you score 32. Uh, the turnovers are a big number, but uh, in terms of a unit performing better and doing more things better, I think you can say that part was accomplished in, in Landover. Yes, definitely. Uh, we were tighter up front. You know, our, our line played really well. Um, Jamal ran hard. And, uh, the, you know, anytime we get the running game going, it's going to help the other parts of the game. And so um, felt good with the execution. There's always some things you'd like to do better. Uh, just, you know, a couple bad breaks at the end of the game that kind of kept us from uh, getting a chance to win it. Dana Holgerson's team, uh, historically pretty explosive, and this year's uh, West Virginia team, no exception. Yet there you were, uh, outgaining West Virginia, outpossessing West Virginia, more plays, more yards per play, more first downs, on and on you go. So many things you want to do, you did well. Uh, even third downs, uh, West Virginia had gone 27 consecutive games, not allowing anyone to go over 50% on third downs, and you were a 67% third down team. Uh, again, a lot, a lot of things you can look to and say, we're getting better, we've got to make plays when it matters now most but uh that, that's a tough team to do it against and I thought you did pretty well yeah we you know we've got to do better after turnovers when we get field position we've got to put touchdowns on the board and, and that's one of the things we've been lacking this year and I don't know if it's a product of just uh getting a little comfortable or um you know just play calling or, or what it is um so we've got to do better that way because our defense has gotten us some turnovers you know you really consider a fourth down stop a turnover and uh we had one of those this week so uh, the, the turnovers were probably the biggest difference this, this week, um, just not being able to, to capitalize on theirs and then giving them the ball at times and, and spotting them seven points again on, on one of those. BYU ended up minus two in the mar margin on a, f on a four-turnover day. Uh, and and it's, it's interesting that the turnovers are, are – I mean, BYU is top ten in interceptions gained and bottom ten in interceptions lost. Uh, we, BYU's thrown seven. But of the seven – they're rarely just right to the other guy. In fact, we were talking off the air. I think five of the seven picks have been deflected or tipped by either our guy or their guy before being intercepted. Yeah, and those are really not bad decisions on on the you know choice to throw those balls. Um, you know, it, it's just a, a bad break here or there, or or somebody getting a hand on it and it tipping up in the air over the middle. 
and giving the safety a chance to make a play on it. So um, that's something we addressed this morning with the guys is, is that's not the style of ball we want to play, and, and we got to be tighter. And so um, hopefully, you know, some of those tip balls start going our way a little bit or we start catching them and, mm -hmm. and uh, not, not having them floating around in the air out there. Let's go to the final tip ball, which was on the final offensive play of the game against West Virginia. Down 35-32, you're in field goal territory, but you're not trying to settle there. You're trying to go and, and get yourself a win. Maybe you could take us through the final play and how it did develop with uh, the deflection going for an INT near the goal line. Yeah, we came out of a timeout and, and uh, the talk you know, in the huddle there was we wanted to be aggressive and uh, not try to just settle for a tie. We've got a chance to win the game. Let's let's be aggressive. And and they came out and cover zero man blitz and uh, gave us, you know, some options down the field. And so um, as a quarterback, you want to give your guys a chance. And it's a 50-50 ball at that point. And unfortunately, their DB kind of came up underneath it and tipped it up in the air. And, and we had two guys probably a little too close together. And they made a play at the end. And so uh, watching the film, I thought, you know, Aleva had a chance at it. If he puts his foot in the ground a little more and, and high points it instead of kind of letting it come down to him a little bit. Um, but that was the right read, the right type of throw, uh, giving our guy a chance to win the game right there. When I was making the call, as the ball goes in the air, the, the, the player closest to me that I see, I see Kurtz before I see Aleva. Aleva's kind of shielded from me, and I don't see him till late. Uh, was that, you know, were both guys options on that play or – yeah, so you know, really, with that with that coverage, it's it's four across, and uh, every guy's up. Um, you know, Moroni's running kind of down across the middle a little more, but uh, every guy's available. And um, you know, we'd had we'd seen it earlier in the game where we missed Aleva earlier in the game on a similar route, and then uh, had Jurgens at one time too that you know we ended up throwing to Moroni, um, but that middle that middle receiver had given us some options. And so uh, Taysom saw it again, and, and it was, you know, it was tighter coverage that time. But, mm -hmm. again, you want to give your guy a chance to make a play on it. and, and uh, But Kurtz, because a level widened a little too much to try to avoid contact, uh, they got close together. And so part of that's just, you know, the spacing of it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and then, you know, if he's not there, it's tipped away, and we get second down. Seemed like Aleva got a little dinged on that final play, too. Is he going to be okay? Yeah, I think so. He's a tough kid, and, and uh, he was out there today running Good. around, so I think he'll be fine. And Aleva's really coming along as a young player that you've kind of worked in and asked a lot of. Four catches uh, in that game, plus a big kickoff return that really helped you when it came. Uh, he's uh, he's going to be a good player for you guys. He is very good. We're excited he's here, and, and uh, we're starting to feed him a little bit more, a little more as he gets comfortable with the system and understanding the scheme. So, uh, you know, you should expect to see more and more of him as the season goes on. Question here from uh, Jeffrey Butler coming in on uh, Facebook. And, by the way, we are live on BYU Football Facebook Live. You can ask questions via the comments section on BYU Football's Facebook page or tweet them in using the hashtag CCBYU, hashtag CCBYU on Twitter. Jeffrey Butler wants to know about getting a Jonah Trineman more involved with his uh, great speed, and he's had his moments here in the first few games. Yeah, he has really, you know, kind of came to life the first game, and then, uh, you know, every every game plays out different, and that was what I told uh, Mitch Jurgens after that first game. I don't know if Mitch had a catch, and, uh, and he was one of the go-to guys last year, and so mm -hmm. I told him after the first one, hey, it's going to play different every week, just hang in there. And so, you know, other guys have, have gotten balls and, and made catches, and, and we've called some shots for uh, Jonah at times, and the defense, you know, bails out or plays cover two over the top and haven't been able to get him going. But he's a guy, you know, that, that's probably our biggest deep threat that 
we'd love to, to get him involved and get him going a little more because he's, uh, he's probably the fastest of the group. Through a third of the season, what do you think has become maybe, uh, if not your identity yet, maybe kind of a few go-to elements that you think uh, will, will kind of characterize your team on offense? Yeah, I think, uh, I think our running game is something that we've really got to continue to work and establish and, and get Jamal, you know, 20 to 25 touches a game. Um, he's just a dynamic player that uh, puts stress on the defense. So, um, you know, I think we're always going to try to, you know, give the defense different looks personnel formations those kind of things but um you know i th i think i've what i've learned the, l the first few weeks here is that we just we got to stick to that part of it a little more and then that'll open up some of the other things so um you know overall it's just the little things the execution i thought our receivers played well against man this week and they took it upon themselves to work after practice and and uh, it showed up in the game you know they, they were more patient on their routes setting guys up a little better and, and it showed so we just got to continue to stay the course and just to keep working the little things and continue to get better on those. BYU ran for 280 this past week, and normally when you're up in the 250 to 300 range, you're going to win that game. Uh, Jamal and Taysom were both over 100. That's another good sign that you're probably going to win the game. It didn't happen on Saturday. I thought the I thought when we get to, we haven't gotten to the O line yet. I thought the pocket held better this week than any week yet this year. Yeah, and you know, I mean, you look at the stat sheet and all those key factors, you know, are there for us to win the game. And, and then it boils down again to the turnovers and, and a couple plays here or there against a good team that you got to make, and we didn't make those. And so, um, you know, our, our O-lines played real well um, this week. You know, they were a, a three-man rush, so at times they were dropping into coverage and not bringing, you know, as many rushers. But – uh, when they did try to heat us up and bring zero, we handled it pretty well. The backs in protection right, we as well. Break. So um, I thought overall that offensive line took a step forward, and, and hopefully that continues. You didn't have a Louis Lapuaho uh, this past week, and as we've talked about uh, during our pregame coverage and other areas, you know the offensive line you thought you might have in the spring, you haven't really had, but you're finding a way to grind through and get guys up to speed. Yeah, and they've done a great job of uh, taking ownership of it. Thomas Schof came in and really played well for us, and then uh, Parker actually missed a day of practice with kidney stones this last week, so he wasn't <laughs> That's no joke. probably 100% <laughs> yeah. uh, come game time. But uh, Tooney really stepped in and really played well for us on a, a much larger role. And so, you know, it, it's great to have those guys that you feel like can go in when guys go down and play well for you. All right, we'll take our first break. It is the Legend Solar Coordinator's Corner. Owning your own power is easy and affordable with Legend Solar, official solar provider of BYU Athletics. Schedule your free consultation at legendsolar.com and start saving today. It was good to be with the Legend Solar guys on the sideline at FedEx Field this past Saturday. Good group of guys, and certainly you'll want to talk to them about your solar energy needs. Legend Solar, this is the Legend Solar Coordinator's Corner. You can reach us on Twitter, hashtag CCBYU, hashtag CCBYU, or via the BYU football Facebook page in the comment section via our Facebook live broadcast. Yes, you can watch us every week live as you hear us, and we're at JCW's in Provo. This is the Coordinator's Corner on ESPN 960 and BYU football Facebook live. Back in a bit. The Coordinator's Corner is powered by Legend Solar, Utah's premier solar provider. Now let's send it back to JCW's and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel on ESPN 960 in the new skin Cougar IMG Sports Network. Go ahead. It is the Legend Solar Coordinator's Corner. We are back at JCW's in Provo. If you're looking for a place to take the family before or after the game, stop into JCW's with their huge menu of burgers, wings, salads, 
or maybe even a ribeye sandwich. Everyone gets what they want. JCW's The Burger Boys, quality and a lot of it in Lehigh, American Fork, Provo, where we are, and in South Jordan. Greg Rubel with Ty Detmer on the Coordinator's Corner. Welcome back to the show, everybody. BYU fans here at JCW's and listening to us on ESPN 960, watching us on BYU Football Facebook Live. We've got Ed Lamb, BYU Special Teams Coordinator and Safeties Coach, coming up in the 1230 to 1 o'clock half hour. Next week, it'll be Ed and Coach Tuiaki as Ty takes a breather. As we come back in, segment two with Coach Detmer, let's get to our uh, BYU Football Facebook page and a question from uh, Jake Probert. He says, uh, good to see the offense clicking. Was Taysom more comfortable with the offense this past weekend? He seemed to be play calling and setting audibles more consistently throughout the game. Is that something you want happening consistently? And was the up-tempo in the game plan? Yeah, so all of the above, yes. We, uh, <laughs> you know, we, Taysom did a really good job handling the line of scrimmage. We had some check with me's based with what they did in the run game as well as in the pass game. And so I thought um, he did a really good job with that part of it. And that's something we'll continue just to always try to get us in the best play possible. And I think as he's starting to get more comfortable with it, um, we'll have more of that involved. Um, and then the, the up-tempo part of it is something that we always, you know, have available and, and felt like in the fourth quarter down 16, we needed to, to get going a little bit and, and try to get some scores quickly. And so we jumped into it at that time uh, earlier in the game. It was kind of one of those back and forth. We wanted to try to give our defense some rest at times so we didn't get to it as much early in the game just uh, because we know they're fast-paced and, and there were some long drives that they had and felt like, man, if we can – if we can slow it down a little bit mm -hmm. and give our defense some rest, maybe we'll have a chance to get more stops. So, but once we got to that fourth quarter, it was, you know, every man for himself, and we got to get going. And it was a good comeback. It fell just short, 35-32. Uh, it's a hashtag CCBYU on Twitter, and uh, questions uh, on the fake Facebook Live page come via the comment section right on the broadcast itself. Uh, to Twitter, and a question from uh, Boyd Lake, and he says, a tough break on the final plays, but I see some definite growth. Nice work. How good are your QBs at changing plays at the line of scrimmage? Kind of alluding to the previous question. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, there's times where we have it built into the play, and uh, it's kind of on the wristband. Hey, this, you know, possibly could, you know, get to a different play. Um, and so, you know, Taysom does a really good job of recognizing those things and understanding the game. And so, you know, the more we can put on his plate at the line of scrimmage, I think the better we'll be. Taysom had a really well-rounded game for you against uh, West Virginia. He went from a negative rushing yardage day against UCLA to 100-plus against West Virginia. How much of that was uh, a focus of the offensive game plan? Really not much. Um, it's just kind of the situation we got into. A lot of times they were rushing only three defenders and dropping eight. Uh, as we got going later in the game, they were playing some of their prevent stuff. And so uh, there were times where, you know, when they're, they got five underneath and three deep and there's not many holes in there, mm -hmm. uh, you got to take off and get what you can. And he did that for us. And then we caught him in a, a two-man um, type of deal where the middle opened up and he had a big run down the middle on third and long for us. And so – um, you know, he's the type of guy that he can he can change the game like that at any time for you. And so uh, we'll always have a little bit in there for him. But also, you know, the, the defensive scheme they're playing will dictate some of that as well. He had a play where two defenders converge, and he tries to jump between <laughs> and over them and about succeeded for about 80% of that, ended up on his feet somehow and spun around for a couple extra yards. That's what you get with Taysom. Yeah, I mean, he's going to give it everything he has. And uh, I thought, you know, there were times where he slid and got under things uh, at the right time as well. So he's being smart with it. At the, uh, at the same time, once he gets down there, uh, 
I think he's regretting that because uh, he left himself a little exposed when his legs spread and had to go in the locker room and get checked out a little bit. So uh, <laughs> he may be regretting that over the weekend. But uh, that's just the type of player he is. He's going to give it everything he has. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the explanation we got on game day was uh, stomach issues. But I'll, I'll interpret this one a little differently I'm now. I'm sure his stomach did hurt. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Left himself a little exposed is a way to put it. Okay. Uh, that was Taysom Hill on, on Saturday against West Virginia. A uh, question in from uh, Facebook from Rich Herbert, and I got a few questions about this particular question. Uh, with 10.44 to go in the third, you score to make it 21-19. Go for two there. Rich's question, uh, why did you go for two so early in the second half? Down two, you wanted to tie clearly. Your thoughts about going for it there as opposed to maybe getting a single and finding it later? Yeah, so that's my brother-in-law, Rich Herbert, and okay. uh, he's uh, he's not allowed to ask <laughs> questions anymore. Okay, we're going we're gonna to block Rich no. from here on out. Uh, you know, I think at that time it was – you know, there's two schools of thought. It's kind of six of one, half a dozen of another. Do you go for it early so you know later in the game what you're going to need to do to, to try to win? Or do you wait and just keep riding it out and hoping at some point you get to have that opportunity at the end to go for two? So um, I think our mentality at that point in the game was let's see if we can tie it up and then we'll play it from there. And if we don't get it, now we kind of know what we need to do. So, it you know, either way you go um, – you know, Kalani, you know, you're not going to be right either way um, because if you if you kick it and then later in the game people are like, well, why didn't we go for two earlier so we knew what we needed right. later? So, um, you know, there, there's – And you've had a few of those situations so far this yeah, year. Two yeah, two schools of thought, and then once you did, and then we were down 16 at the, the second time we went for it. So we needed, um, you know, eight points at that time. Right. So um, it's, you know, it's – Six of one, half a dozen another. I think coming into this season, uh, BYU was six for its last 11 two-point conversions. We're 0 for 4 to start. The numbers have to swing around at some point. Your thoughts on, on those three-yard plays, and you've had different versions every time, I think, as to what's going to work for you. Yeah, we've uh, we've tried a little bit of everything. Um, but, you know, when it's that, it's really a crapshoot what you're going to get from the defense. You know, they West Virginia had shown, shown zero zone coverage down there going into the game. Uh, so, you know, their first uh, three games or first two games is all man cover zero. And so you, you game plan going in and then you have to kind of sort it out as you go. Um, but, you know, they they played all zone down there and, and uh, you know, wasn't what you expected. But, you know, there's times where you got to execute and, and go ahead and make a play. And so we were talking as a staff, it's crazy. We've had four already two-point plays in <laughs> just four games, you know, rarely – there's times you'll go through a season and hardly have any. And it's uh, and again, I think it's bound to come around because the law of averages <laughs> says it's going to pick back up to what it used to be. We're taking a break. We'll come back with a final segment with uh, Coach Ty Detmer. It is the Legend Solar Coordinator's Corner. Take your energy savings to the next level with Legend Solar, official solar provider of BYU Athletics. Schedule your free solar consultation and own your own power today at legendsolar.com. We're at JCW's in Provo. We're with BYU fans, and we're with you on ESPN 960 and BYU Football Facebook Live. A final segment with Ty is coming up. This is the Legend Solar Alert. Coordinator's Corner on ESPN 960 and BYU Football Facebook Live. Back in a bit. The Coordinator's Corner is powered by Legend Solar. Online at legendsolar.com. Let's get back out to the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel, at JCW's on ESPN 960 and the new skin Cougar IMG Sports Network. Go ahead. The Legend Solar Coordinator's Corner. Welcome back to the program. Greg Rubel with uh, Ty Detmer and uh, Coach Ed Lamb coming up at the bottom of the hour. We're on ESPN 960 and BYU Football Facebook Live. You can tweet us questions, hashtag CCBYU, or on 
the Facebook uh, page. Just go to the comments section in the Facebook broadcast itself, and you can get a question in uh, that way. Uh, let's uh, head to, I think, uh, Facebook for our next, uh, our next question. It'll come our way from uh, Brett. And Brett asks about uh, the ability to establish the running game against Toledo and control line of scrimmage a la Arizona. What do you see from Toledo? And uh, certainly this last week, Ty, has to be a, a positive indicator for the running game. Yeah, they've uh, they've been a really good team the last few years, um, and and this year's no exception. Exception. They're they're one of those teams that uh, you know they're dangerous. They're scoring a lot of points, and they're holding their opponents pretty low right now. So we've it's about got forty-two, a, four, and ten against right now through three games. Yeah, now their schedule's not your schedule. No, they're not playing the same types of teams we have. But uh, you know they played Fresno and Maine and and uh, you know Arkansas State. So. Um, they're a high effort, really well coached type of team, and so we've got to we've got to line up and be ready to go against them because they uh, they do pose some problems. They slant and they'll blitz you know, off the edges, and and uh, they'll play a lot of man coverage again. So it seems like that's that's what most teams are going to, and so we're going to have to play well against man and. And then uh, hopefully be able to line up and get a body on a body and run the ball against them. And you're back home. It's it's a Friday night game, a late night kick, but a Friday night should get a lot of people in the stands. And uh, you know, it's a Kalani talked immediately on the post game show Saturday about this is something we have to do for our fans is give them uh, give them something to cheer and and stay late for. And and now's your next opportunity. Yeah, definitely. You know, we we love playing at home, and and that stadium is a special place for us. So hopefully we can go in and uh, play one of our better games and uh, come away with a win. But um, you know, we're on a short week, and they've had a bye week, so they get a little extra time, a little a little extra rest. But, Second straight team that's had uh, a bye week before you. <laughs> yeah, so, um, you know, it's one of those things where we've got to get ready to go early and then come out, and we need a lot of energy there from the fans to – to give them some problems on uh, offense. So uh, we're looking forward to a great week. We found out today that the Michigan State game has been given a 3.30 Eastern time kick, which is exactly what you had this past Saturday. How do you like that part of a game day rhythm, having that mid-afternoon game uh, East Coast-wise? I like it, uh, you know, because it's a chance to sleep in, um, have a meeting in the morning, and then have pregame meal, a little downtime, and then you go play. And uh, those early games are hard because when we got to go East, it's, it's even earlier for us. So – that 3.30 game is about right where we get back on a kind of a normal schedule and able to, to go kick it off. We kind of hit this point a little bit earlier about how the season has started, but, uh, you know, four P5s to open the season. A lot of teams, particularly the non-independent teams, will give themselves a game or two, especially in the early part of the season, to kind of ramp up. Uh, against teams they feel that they're going to have a substantial advantage against. You haven't had that luxury, of course. Do you think, and this is maybe cliche, is do you think your team is better than your record shows you right now? Well, I, I hope so. Um, you know, that usually that determines itself in wins and losses. We've definitely got to sharpen up and be cleaner on things. Um, but we've, we've hung right in there with good quality teams and uh, given ourselves a chance to win and just uh, hasn't gone our way at the end. So, uh, we're going to keep fighting, keep plugging along, and, and keep trying to get better so that, you know, as we play these teams that are still coming up on the schedule, um, we're going to have a chance to win those games as well. Back to BYU Football's Facebook page, Aaron Molef asking, what is the biggest change you see the offense needs to make moving forward? And some have already been made, obviously, but what do you yeah, think? Yeah, just, uh, you know, I don't know if there's wholesale changes that need to be made as much as just paying attention to detail, focusing in week in and week out. You're going to see different things from defenses and then uh, being able to adjust on game day a little bit. So it's, uh, you know, we feel like we're on the right track. We just, we got to continue to work and to, to 
detail things and to make sure we take care of the little things because really when you're playing good teams that's what it boils down to is who does the little things the best and uh right now you know we're not getting it done on the the little things that uh give you a chance to to win so uh, hopefully you know as we continue to go and, and guys get more and more comfortable with things and start understanding it a little better that those little things really come into focus Dan Nelson on Facebook says the linemen appear to be much stronger compared to last year. Uh, first of all, would you agree with that? And how much focus are you and Kalani putting on linemen strength really on both sides of the ball, offense and defense? Yeah, we've uh, that, that was a focus during the offseason was to get them stronger, um, you know, and to have them in the weight room. And so we've definitely seen that, that that's been an improvement for us. Um, you know, and then even during the season, sometimes uh, some teams will, will want to spend more time at, you know, in the meeting room or, or on the practice field and longer practices. And so that cuts into the amount of time you can have with them in the weight room. So we, uh, we've made it an emphasis to continue to, to keep them strong in the weight room during the season. And, and that may take a little bit from meetings or, or a little practice time, but uh, we've seen guys staying healthy and, and uh, it's only going to help come the end of the season. So uh, they've done a great job of, of getting themselves in that position. And now we're trying to keep them there. Okay, our final social media question for Ty this half hour coming our way from Tim Porter. He says, are the tip balls passes that should be caught or do the receivers need to get a better ball? Your thoughts on all the tipped INTs that we talked about earlier? Yeah, I think you you got to look at each one differently. Um, you know, whether it was the one at Utah to a level off of fingertips where the ball was maybe a little in front of him, but he ran his route a little deep and they got on him quick and – and, uh, you know, we had Colby Pearson with one kind of over the middle that comes out of a pack a little bit and gets on him and tips up to a safety. So there's some that, that should have been caught. There's probably, you know, the the last one to end the game uh, was one that's a 50-50 ball, and their guy made a play and tipped it up in the air, and, and their their guy came down with it. You know, it would have been nice had Kurtz come down with it, mm-hmm. <laughs> tipped a little higher, um, but it wasn't. And uh, so each one's really – you know, different in, in different ways. So, um, you know, I wouldn't say it's better balls. It's sure you'd like to see a better ball all the time and one that's right where they can't drop it. But, um, you know, the the one before that to, to Jurgens over the middle was just high enough that I felt like he could have probably caught that. And uh, knowing that we got to throw over a backer and cover yep. two right there, that it's going to be a little higher ball. And, and uh, it was just high enough that we didn't make the play, and, and uh, they tipped right to the safety again. Coach Cahoon's one of those, if you can touch it, you can catch it, guys. <laughs> I am too. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we'll always err on the side of that ball should have been caught if you had your hands on it. So um, just to keep those guys working uh, more than anything. All right, uh, we are going to uh, end your segment today with a different kind of pick six. Now, we know that you favor the, uh, the cherry chapstick. <laughs> we have six. Cherry right. chapsticks for you. Man. These should get you through the end of the season. Perfect. All right. That'll so our special gift from us to you, we have six cherry chapsticks for Ty Detmer to take him through the end of this season. So enjoy <laughs> that. You will not run out. No. That'll that'll last probably well into uh, spring ball. So we'll be okay there. We hope I it lasts. We hope it lasts through a ball game, <laughs> through a bowl game, and into spring ball next year. All right. Let's give it up for Ty Detmer on the coordinator's corner. We're back with us at JCW's. The Coordinator's Corner is powered by Legend Solar, Utah's premier solar provider. Now let's send it back to JCW's and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel, on ESPN 960 and the new skin Cougar IMG Sports Network. Go ahead. 
It is the Legend Solar Coordinator's Corner. Don't settle for any solar provider. Go with the Legend. Schedule your free consultation at legendsolar.com and start saving today. A proud sponsor of BYU Football Legend Solar. It is the Legend Solar Coordinator's Corner. We're at JCW's in Provo on ESPN 960 and BYU Football Facebook Live. In fact, if you go to the BYU Football Facebook Live page and uh, you see the comments section there, that's where you can uh, ask questions for coaches Ty Detmer last half hour and uh, Coach Ed Lamb in this half hour. Coach Lamb is with us, BYU Special Teams Coordinator and Safeties Coach. We just had Ty Detmer on for 30 minutes, uh, Coach Lamb, and uh, he got to address a lot of what's happening with the offense and good things, things that are happening in the way of progress. How would you say, from your perspective, uh, that the team overall, offense, defense, special teams, has now performed through a fourth game? Um you know, I'll, I'll start with the plain fact that right now it's it's unacceptable where uh, people, you know, the, the feedback from the community and, you know, my family members and community at large, I think is has largely been really positive. Hey, you guys have played some great teams and you're right there. You could be 4-0, things like that. The bottom line is in no way do we expect that we're not going to be able to regularly win the games on our schedule. So our team is uh, – incredibly disappointed the coaches are disappointed the results have been unacceptable and we've got to turn it around we can get better and we will get better four games all decided by a field goal or less that's an unusual occurrence and until this year BYU had never lost three straight games by three points or fewer positive as you are right there uh there are things to sharpen up to make sure you're finishing with the W and not the L uh, it, it's 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 a tough way to determine how to approach things right yeah. now in terms of is it half empty or half full? Yeah, and I think you know my coaching philosophy and and the guys that I work with closely with know this about me. One thing I try to do, and, and when I was a head coach, I I insisted that my coaches do this: is when when we have bad news, uh, we want to sandwich the bad news with good news. And uh, so we're doing that. We did that all morning this morning, where we're pointing out the positives. But there are a lot of things that we can fix and. Darn it, we could have won that game, and we should have won that game, and it's uh, unacceptable to lose a game that we should win. BYU is 1-3 going into its second home game. It'll be Toledo coming up Saturday, uh, Friday night, beg your pardon. It'll be a 6 o'clock pregame on the radio, 8-15 kick. Uh, let's hit a quick bit about Toledo before we continue with other stuff. Uh, they're 2-0 and and coming, 3-0, uh, and beg your pardon, and coming off a bye, just as West Virginia was. Uh, some initial impressions of this Toledo team that uh, is scoring a bunch and not allowing a lot of points. Yeah, they're they're really really well coached. Um, I, I was so impressed when I put on the video. Um, I was, you know, kind of uh, my anticipation was that maybe we'd see a team that wasn't quite as big or fast as some of the teams that we've been playing, just because they don't have the same recruiting advantages as some of the teams we've been playing. But they're they're a big, fast, really well coached football team. Very organized, offense, defense, and special teams. They know exactly who they are. They play hard. And and let's face it, this is their big opportunity to kind of jump out on a national national stage and um it is a it is a huge game for us our season you know really lies in the in the crux of this game it is hugely important for us and i know it is for toledo should be a really hard fought match if if one of the objectives and i'm sure it is is to play in a 12th straight bowl game it's kind of a linchpin game this weekend isn't it absolutely yeah and I, they all are and they all are because uh, these games are so huge we have so few opportunities to go out and be as good as we can be in football and and they all would be, if we were sitting at 4-0 right now, it, it would be huge for getting into a, a specific bowl game on New Year's Day. And and uh, at that 3-1, and one, it would be kind of the same thing. And, and sitting at 1-3, and three, it's huge, you know, at this point qualifying, getting on track to qualify for a winning record and uh, an opportunity to go to the postseason. Those things are, are big. 
Coach Ed Lamas with us. If you have questions or comments for Ed, you can use the hashtag CCBYU on Twitter or to go to the BYU Football Facebook page and go directly to the comments section. And there's where you can ask questions of uh, Coach Lamb. Coach Lamb is BYU Special Teams Coordinator, Safeties Coach. A special teams question for me uh, involves the good uh, production of Aleva Hifo. Gave you a nice return here on the weekend. Um, is he going to be somebody becomes a go-to returner for you as you proceed, do you think, this year? He is, yeah. He's in there for a reason. And, you know, for a true freshman to be put in that role, it, it means that there was there was a lot shown during the practice uh, times, during training camp, et cetera. And I've got to give credit to um, to J.D. Falslev and, and uh, Harvey Unga, who, who actually do most of the work on the kickoff return in, in terms of picking the personnel and, and making the corrections and, and implementing the schemes from week to week. So that's one part of the special teams where I thought that we could use a boost. And uh, so I wanted the, those young guys, young coaches to get in and get their feet wet in coaching, and they've done a fantastic job. We haven't had a lot of opportunities to return it, but when we have, uh, we've made the most of it. And uh, Aleva had a nice return. Matt Hadley's now had two big returns on the season. Tremendous job. And that's where I was going next. I call them the two-age club. You've got to Hadley and Hefo back there, different kinds of guys. One's maybe the off-returner, if you will, mm-hmm. but both have touched the ball and done well when they get it. And Matt, we've hit on this before, Matt's a pretty versatile player. He's a he def- we, we know he's a safety right now. Yeah. I'm not sure he stays only a safety for the rest of his career. We'll see about that. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's, he's pretty multi-talented. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's insightful. We've used him with our first-team offense in practice. He hasn't, he's, he hasn't got a carry at it running back during the game, and and that's just because of the way the depth chart and, and game plans may have been working out. But he, I think he's equally capable of helping us win uh, on offense, defense, and special teams. Uh, if you had to lose him at some point to the offense or share him with the offense, would you be okay with that? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I, I've you know worked enough years now to know that the, you know we talk and we a huge percentage of our focus is on the position that we coach. But for every yard of offense that our that our offensive uh, group can generate and every touchdown that we score, that makes us a better defense. Every first down, et cetera. And, and, and you know, those – I think the longer you're in coaching, the more you understand the big picture of how offense, defense, and special teams – you can't have – I've just never been around a team where you had one group that was good the whole year and, the, you know, the other groups weren't as good. You have to work together. From uh, Facebook Live, Dan Nelson says he loves the candor from coaches Sitake and Lamb, and then he asks a question about an injury update on on Jake Oldroyd. First off, on the notion of candor. Um, Coach speak is a real thing, and there are a lot of good reasons for it. Uh, What are your thoughts on that part of the job and what you like to share with the public as opposed to your players or or internally? I like to be very honest with both the players and the public and give them the exact same message. And uh, I think it's it's important that we don't use – coach speak and cliches i think uh i think it 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 leaves a public perception of being disingenuous and i think our players can see right through that and and with the amount of media and information at at uh fans and and our own players fingertips there's just no room for being a a cliched coach i like that how about the um jake oldroyd situation uh jake Jake, yeah, he's still um still hopeful a week to week at this point so he's he's got a Again, I got a there's a there's a back injury of some sort that he's dealing with, and I don't I don't to put it in my language, I, I, as I understand it, it's kind of anything from a spasm to something more serious with a disc. But um, in the trainer's language, it's something that he's day to day and hopeful. But uh, we we'll, we have to prepare that we might be without him, and, and that's as much as I know. I think I recall Jake telling us after the Arizona game that it was a back situation that kept him from kicking field goals as a high school senior. Is that is that accurate? Yes. 
Okay, so we're same same family of uh, problem, I guess. Yes. Into this uh, question right before the break, and we will take a break. We are with uh, Coach Ed Lamb, and it was about the. Uh, it's from Jordan Bailey, and asked about the uh, end of the first half. Well, that's right, where they put a second back on the clock. Yeah. Uh, uh, Taysman clocked it. They originally said no time left, got a second left, and you end up kicking a field goal. Yeah. That sequence, did that go the way you wanted it to? Did you, knew what you, want, did you know what you wanted to do, and did it turn out the way yeah. you hoped on that one? It, yeah, definitely. If, it, if we're talking about specifically the call, um, I, I actually was embarrassed. You know, my, my job is to help uh, you know, Kalani as he kind of goes through his first few games on, on being uh, in game situations and, and, uh, and with dealing with the officials. And I had told Kalani as they went to review, I said, well, there, there's nothing to review. There has to be at least three seconds. And I said, so get ready to go off the field. And I was actually waving our players like, come on, we, we need to get off the field. Like West Virginia, this is – it's an inaccurate uh, decision to review it. All right, got to break And so, so I kind of looked like I didn't know what I was talking about. <laughs> and then I w- but I was celebrating just like everybody else. I was really glad we had the chance to, to get those last yeah. a few seconds on there. There were – we had hoped, you know, obviously to be able to snap it with, with three seconds plus. We missed by one second. So from that standpoint, it, it didn't work out in the way that we planned and we didn't hustle to the ball quickly enough. BYU got the points. In the end, uh, BYU ended up three points shy, 35-32. Before the break, we're taking a break. This from uh, Twitter, hashtag CCBYU. How accurate can Johnny Linehan be as a punter? And he suggests, could he go one and three or put one and three in a garbage can from the 50-yard line, let's say? Oh, yeah, you know, um, he has a drill. We ha- On our practice field, we have like a, a – I guess you call it a driveway hoop, you know, a, a basketball hoop on wheels with a backboard, and, and he wheels that thing around, and he'll he'll be out quite often uh, several times a week after practice, and he and the other punters are putting it through the hoop uh, for practice, and the whole idea <laughs> on that is, is making it accurately land on the ground, especially in the, you know, in the going in area where we can pin an opponent. Good to hear. That's cool stuff. Yeah. I, I, I've, I've seen that thing, uh, and I guess that's for a really good reason. He yeah. has it out there. All right. It is Coach Ed Lamb with us. It is the Coordinator's Corner, the Legend Solar Coordinator's Corner from JCW's in Provo. We're on ESPN 960. We're on BYU Football Facebook Live. And we are back after this. Come back and join us on the Coordinator's Corner, brought to you by Legend Solar. We're taking you back in time to revisit some of the best moments in BYU football history. I am Flash, making memory that makes the world mobile. Now let's get back at another great Cougar football moment. Go ahead. All right, it is time for today's I Am Flash flashback, brought to you by I Am Flash, making memory that makes the world mobile. Friday's game against Toledo will be played on September 30th. The Cougars' first September 30th game since 2011, when trailing by 11, entering the fourth quarter, BYU scored two touchdowns, including the game winner from Riley Nelson to Marcus Matthews off a deflected pass with 11 seconds to play as BYU came back to claim a 27-24 victory over the Aggies. That's the I Am Flash flashback. We are back at JCW's in Provo for the Legend Solar Coordinator's Corner. Greg Rubel with Coach Ed Lamb. After having a talk with Ty Detmer in the first half hour, Coach Lamb has the second half hour with us. And we're taking your questions via Twitter, hashtag CCBYU, and Facebook Live on the BYU Football Facebook page. And this uh, question for Coach Lamb coming from Jake Probert. says, Coach Lamb, first, uh, when's the word going to get out that you are an avid musician? Oh, <laughs> nice question. Um, yeah, I, I, uh, I'm not an avid musician. That's not the right way to, to say it because I, it, I'm an avid fan of music and I play bass and guitar, and, and when in during my time in Cedar City, we had a group of guys that we played regularly and, and played some, you know, I don't, I don't want to call them shows, more like fairs and birthday parties and a couple of weddings. I really miss, I, I miss those guys. I miss the chance to play some classic rock, but uh, 
you know, maybe I'll pick up with some guys here in Provo. Okay, you just said classic rock, and you just said bass. So if I say the name Getty Lee, it's going to ring a bell for you. Um, oh, I hope so. Oh, oh I hope sorry. so. so <laughs> bass player for Rush. Oh, for Rush. Yeah. Getty Lee. Yeah, we had one of our band members was really into Rush, the drummer, obviously. and, uh, and he It wasn't was, you, unfortunately. He was always trying to get us into in, to do some Rush, and oh, we never actually to. ended up doing a Rush song. This saddens me greatly. Yeah. Uh, that, that, I guess my homework assignment is just uh, yeah. just a little bit of Rush in your life in this yeah. next week would yeah. be great. I can, I can do that. I'll bring you back something. Okay. Uh, secondly, uh, Jake asks, it's pretty evident that you and Kalani work very closely as a unit. Do you feel a lot of your head coaching experience has been used in transition to the many coaches, many younger coaches on your staff? Um, I, you know, I, th I think maybe to different levels. Some guys are maybe more approachable or will approach me more and, and want to know certain things, ask certain things, curiosity. Um, Kalani certainly, you know, from the time from the time we talked about uh, me coming here to join him, it, it was about um, sharing some things and getting him, him prepared in some of those ways. But, you know, it, as the games have gone on, really that's that's been less and less. I think he's finding his strike zone and the way he wants to operate the sideline. And, and uh, you know, so it, it's time for me to, to probably take a few steps back in that role and, and allow this, to you know, to more be um, along the lines of what his feeling is. A lot of these decisions are just feeling-based decisions. Okay. Uh, thanks for that, uh, the question and the answer. Todd Christopherson asked about, asks about Riley Burt as a returner uh, heading down the line. And I guess maybe we should ask if Riley Burt is maybe a redshirt for this year or if he's somebody we're looking at well down the line. Yeah, to, so Riley was on the travel squad. I noticed I, I think at this point the idea is to redshirt him. I don't think he's appeared in a game. He has a lot of speed and abilities, and, and so that that's the only time we do. Re we don't redshirt anybody that doesn't isn't showing a future value. So he's, he's portraying future value, and we have high hopes for him, and, and I think – because he's not number one on the depth chart, we may want to save his year for you know to to compete for that spot next year. Does he have potential? Do you think as a returner? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, he's it, anybody with speed has potential as a returner. And then from there, it's it's the experience to see the hole and set up the blocks. And and right now, Aleva and and uh, Garrett Jergens on the punt return and and Matt Hadley are doing that really well. Yeah, what do you like most about Garrett as a, on the punt return team? Well, number one, he makes great decisions, and he has great, fantastic ball security. He watches the ball all the way into his hands, and he tends to get vertical yardage rather than running you know, 40 yards across the field to pick up two or three yards. He, he sees the vertical yardage that's available. And so very often when we have an opportunity to return the punt, according to hang time and distance, he's getting us that first first down. He's getting us the, the first 10 yards for our offense. And, and over the course of a game, you and I have talked about it a little bit, average starting field position. We had a 10-yard advantage over West Virginia in average starting field position, and that was kickoff returns, punt returns, kickoff coverage, punt coverage. 10 yards of average starting field position equates to almost 200 yards at the end of the game of, of offense. So really, really good stat for us. And it has been unusual because that's one of the, the, the trends that I've tracked for years and years. And, and the fact that BYU is, has had the average starting field position edge in all four games and only has the one win is, again, just speaks to kind of the unusual nature of the start of the year. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, you know, the, there's been a close margin for, uh, for victory for us. And, and we just have, have not gotten over the hump with the, the final points on the board. But uh, we, we certainly want to strive to keep some of those areas where we're strong right now. Before the break, uh, from uh, Doug Stoddard, uh, a question coming in on Facebook. Explain how your communication with the coaches in the press box works during the game, if you can. Sure, yeah. Um, I think every team's a little bit different, specifically for us. Um, you know, in, in my special teams role and, and also, I guess, somewhat with the assistant head coaching role, I'm back and forth with, you know, when defense is on the field, I'm with defense. When offense is on the field, I'm with the offense. 
and uh, to determine things like whether or not we're going to go forward on fourth down or, or whether we're going to punt or try a field goal and what areas of the field we, we start to get more accurate with our field goals, et cetera. Um, the, each, the offensive staff and defensive staff have uh, spotters up in the box, and, um, and those spotters give a, a really basic and brief bit of information about down a distance situation, which hash it's on, substitutions by the opponent, and then uh, the part that I don't get a great feel for right now is is in between. So, for example, when our offense is on the field, our defensive coaches are there's a lot of conversation going on those headsets about adjustments that we need to make from series to series, and the same would be happening with our offense. But like I say, I'm I'm more involved with what's going on live during the game. I had some questions about this for you as well, relative to uh, two point decisions and how early or how late you'd want to do that. BYU went relatively early mm -hmm. in this game. They went early in the Arizona game for a different reason, yeah. and uh, the two point plays haven't happened for you guys yet. Yeah, they, they haven't. And the right decision is always the one that works. You know, I love uh, if you've ever seen Weird Al spoof uh, post game for any any game. And uh, somebody asked the question, why didn't you do the thing that would work like I would have done yeah. every time? You know, right. Uh, so, no, it, it hasn't worked. But the decisions have been very sound, um, you know, down by um, and you're down by two points and, and score a touchdown. The, the decision is is to go for two. And it's not wrong to go for one. But but certainly that's the standard decision is to go for two. So I support coaching his decisions. Hasn't worked out. We'll take a break. We'll come back with our final couple of moments with Coach Ed Lamb. It is the Legend Solar Coordinator's Corner, brought to you, of course, by Legend Solar. Owning your own power is easy and affordable with Legend Solar, official solar provider of BYU Athletics. Schedule your free consultation at legendsolar.com and start saving today. We're live at JCW's in Provo with Coach Ed Lamb. I'm Greg Rubel on the Coordinator's Corner. Join us on ESPN 960 and BYU Football Facebook Live every Monday. Back in a bit. The Coordinator's Corner is powered by Legend Solar. Online at legendsolar.com. Let's get back out to the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel, at JCW's on ESPN 960 and the new skin Cougar IMG Sports Network. I am Greg Rubel with BYU's special teams coordinator and safeties coach Ed Lamb. BYU home to Toledo, Friday night, 8.15 kick, 6 o'clock for the radio pregame. This is our final segment on the show. We are with you Mondays, 12 to 1, right here at JCW's. Uh, so uh, from the last segment, uh, Sticks, Foreigner, Boston, what's, uh, what's, your, what's your wheelhouse? You know, my wheelhouse personally, and, and my bandmates didn't share this, but I'm, I'm more a little Southern classic rock. Uh, Leonard Skinner. Eagles, yeah. Okay. Yeah, a little, little bit of country twang guitar in there with the classic rock. That's the kind of stuff that makes me tick. We did a lot of, we did a lot of Eagles. We did a lot of Steve Miller band. We did a lot of Skinner. Okay. All right, that's uh, that, that's now I, I know your wheelhouse yeah. or, or your your payoff pitch. Uh, let's uh, talk about a little bit of football before we uh, say so long for the day. Coach Satake post game with us uh, after West Virginia talked about again. I'm trying to hit the positive things BYU's doing, and and inevitably, you know that's good. And yet, like you, you know, Coach Satake is it's not good enough right now. Mm -hmm. And he talked about on defense being a little more disruptive, so that guys like Skylar Howard and Troy Williams and others or Rosen aren't having the time they need to make plays they've been making of late. Your thoughts on that? Yeah, absolutely. We've, we've got to do that. We've got to um, package our substitutions a little bit, I think, um, defensively and get the get the right guys in there together working well in whatever what are, whatever systems we've got. We um, I thought at times we were we were rotating a little bit uh, a little bit uh, randomly and then and then so things weren't guys weren't coordinated in the way that they were pass rushing. There were some great efforts going on. We have guys with enough ability uh, Coach Tuiaki has talked talked a lot about just getting that those front group of guys on the same page and, and using their strengths to our advantage, and, and I think that'll be a, a, a real quest for us this week. I, I know we will get that done. I think you've got the guys, and you got a big guy back last week for a little bit in Travis Tuiloma. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we we have high level of confidence in our guys. You know, uh, um, Tuiaki, You know, he he was uh, the D line coach at Utah when they led the the country in sacks. He knows how to produce sacks. He knows how to take advantage of great players. We have great players, and uh, and it, uh, we fully expect, and we we have to. It's our job as coaches to get them to produce more this week. Coach Satake met with uh, local media this morning after practice, and uh, he said, you know, for a one and three team. It's as tight and as close together a group uh, as you would hope to have with things not going your way. Um, on that notion, you know, again, a lot of it's lip service when the results aren't happening. But that said, teams can fracture, you know, when the results aren't going their way. And there's none of that sense right now from anybody, is there? No, no. I think that you have, as coaches, I've said this before, as coaches, we get what we emphasize. Coach Sataki is about uh, uh, positivity. He's, he's about focusing on the task at hand. He's not about finger pointing and blame. One He's minute. the first one to take uh, any responsibility if something doesn't uh, go exactly right. And so our players will follow that model. As long as we continue to model that, then they'll follow that model. We have a high-character group of guys. One and three on the season can go to two and three Friday night with Toledo in town. Coach, you mentioned earlier the importance of this game, as they all are. But uh, getting out of the month with a win is a big way to send you into October. We hope it turns out for you guys on Friday and that things come together seconds. in every way. And that, um, you know what, I, I wouldn't even mind, uh, I'll, you know, I'll take any win, but a blowout win would be nice. A relaxing fourth quarter would be nice one of these times. <laughs> well, and, that, and that's something we, we have to get to the point. With all these close games, we've a lot of our depth guys haven't got the time to develop that they need. So... Uh, we, I hope at some point in the season we can do that this week. It's focus on the win. All right, Coach, good luck this week. Ten seconds. All right, it is Toledo, Friday night, 6 o'clock pregame, 8.15 kick on the radio. That's going to do it, folks. Thanks for being Five here. Seconds. JCW's in Provo for the Coordinator's Corner on ESPN 960 and BYU Facebook Live. So long. <laughs>